Limerick Today with Joe Nash on Live 95. With Tesco, where you won't pay more for the products that matter most to you. Tesco, every little helps. Sometimes a name is enough, you know, um, and my next guest is definitely very well known. Doesn't really need much introduction, so I'll just say good morning to Hector. Good morning, Hector. Good morning. Thank you for for that introduction. You're, you're on some tour, you were telling me. Never mind the tour. What about your radio show this morning? Because I was listening to her coming down from Menace, and I'll tell you one thing. There's skin and hair flying this morning on your cha- on your on your talk show. Yeah, well, some good topics there, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rural Ireland. On, yeah. We're all living in rural Ireland, and uh, we need to mind rural Ireland, and we need to mind the people. And uh, that's the that's the bigger picture of that of of what you're talking about this morning. You know, there are so many people that are neglected, and so many parishes who are closing down. The pub is closing down, the post office is closing down, the Garda station is closing down, there are churches down around the country closing down. So these are all good topics and they're topics that maybe aren't debated at national level. Mm. And Hector, you have looked at that to some extent in the context of the States in your new TV show, haven't you? Yeah, I know. It's funny. I just was thinking of this morning, I went deep, deep, deep into the South for three months, 5,000 miles on TG Car. We have driven through some of the most rural parts of America and uh, over the next two days, I'm going into some of the deepest, most southern, most rural parts of Ireland on my local to local radio tour. Uh, yeah, the show's out every Thursday night on TG4. We're getting a great reaction and it was an incredible journey to go from Savannah in Georgia, from the Atlantic Ocean, 5,000 miles across the States, all the way through the South and we stopped off and we finished in San Diego at the Pacific. So it's on now all the way to Christmas every Thursday night on TG Car. And it, uh, all I wanted to do was give people a different slice of a place maybe they know and uh, I think we're doing that. And Hector, are these the people who vote for Donald Trump? Absolutely, absolutely. And can I just say what we find out about Donald Trump and what we know about Donald Trump, Donald Trump is providing most of the news feed over the last three or four years, whether we like it or not. Brexit, it provides it on the other side of us, whether we like it or not. We're stuck in the middle with both of them. Donald Trump... Uh, what we see in the nine o'clock news is a far, far away from what the reality is over there. There are many, many supporters of Donald Trump in America. There are many people who will vote for him and who will vote for him again. He is very, very popular in some areas and predominantly down the south, they love Donald Trump. The cities I've been in from San Antonio to Atlanta to Houston to Dallas to Montgomery and Alabama are booming. They cannot get enough workers. Construction is booming. Manufacturing is booming, car production is booming, everything is going well. And when America is going well, they're happy with the man in the White House. So whatever we think, and we all have our own views on Donald Trump, be a bigot, a liar, racist, a sexist, whatever. They love Donald Trump in America in an awful lot of places, whether we like it or not. And we see that in microcosm with Doonbeg, the Trump family own there. And, you know, a lot of people in the Doonbeg area support the Trump family. Now, it's not a question maybe of their political views, but they see what they brought. Absolutely. I was in Ennis at the weekend. Uh, My wife was born in Boston. All the Boston cousins were over for my mother-in-law's birthday. We were in the old ground in Ennis the other night. Uh, I had a good chat with a few Boston lads who couldn't stand the Clintons. Can't stand 
banned the Clintons and they are very favourable to the man who's in power now because he's not squeezing the middle classes as much as Barrack did and as much as the Clintons did and he just, you know, we, we there's always another side to the story. Maybe we just get a little slice of it on the 9 o'clock news. Our Washington correspondent standing outside the White House. There's an awful lot more to it and as we go on this journey through Alabama and Mississippi and into Louisiana on Thursday night into Texas, these are amazing places and On an hour-long show, Joe, we try and give you a little bit more, a slice of political life, a slice of culture, a slice of music, so you get a bigger picture of the way America is in 2019. Tell you one thing that I found a bit uncomfortable the last time I was in the States, which is a few years ago, and we were going from city to city, and we went from New York down the coast, down to Washington anyway. Mm. And the one thing about Washington, which I had forgotten until I was there in the sweltering heat, is that it's kind of the gateway to the south, isn't it? And everything yes. flows from there. But the one big contrast I found between New York and Washington was most of the jobs that required physical labor, the jobs in hotels in Washington, were occupied by black people. Mm-hmm. Most of the mid-level management jobs upwards in Washington, D.C. were occupied by white people. Mm. I didn't notice that to the same extent in New York. Yeah, I suppose New York is that melting pot of multiculture. The, The bigger picture here is, if you take away the Irish and if you take away the blacks and if you take away the Italians and the Spanish and the Guatemalans and the Hondurans and the Jamaicans and the Creoles and the where, who, who is America? What is America? And the other, the, you know, as we travel through Louisiana, it's almost as if Alabama, Louisiana, Alabama, Georgia, Mississippi, white, Bible Belt, Trump lovers. And then you get to Texas, which could become its own country, 10 times the size of Ireland. And then you hit a world of Mexico, America. You meet millions of, and we've met them on the show, millions of Mexican-Americans, proud Mexicans and South Americans who are living in America, making their living. Their kids are there, their grandkids are there, their second, third generation. There's, it's just everywhere changes. Every, you know, Washington, as you say, is the gateway to the South. It's, you know, I didn't see any of the Hispanic influence in Alabama and Mississippi and, uh, and, and Georgia. You know, there's hundreds of years of, of turmoil and history there that those three states are unique. But as we moved across, then you got into this incredible, rich world of the Latino culture. And, you know, you take away Spanish. Spanish is almost the second language of America whether they like it or not. And the way Donald Trump goes on, you'd swear there's nobody, there's, you know, they're all, they're all criminals, they're all this, they're all that, but it's far, far from the point. And Mexican-Americans, you know, let's say second and third generation, do they feel American? Absolutely. And, uh, you know, and I, I'm proud that I could speak, I can speak the language and that's the, the difference with the show. Even though we speak, I speak Irish to the camera, we subtitle it. But, I love getting into that conversation with somebody when I can break into Spanish because it gives you a little key to, into their world. Uh, they feel it. It was the first time I've ever heard it in San Antonio when a, a, a man came up to me and he said, I'm Mexican-American. That's a great way of saying it. I'm Irish-American. And he's proud of that. And he's proud of the relationship. Whether Donald Trump likes it or not, there's a massive two and a half thousand kilometre border with South America and with Mexico. 
the higher the wall goes, you're not going to stop a woman in Nicaragua who's got three young kids and she wants a better life for her kids. You know, they're not all, it's not all narcos. It is, but it's not all. And when people want a better life and they see the glitz and the neon and the, the life that America provides, whether it's on Twitter or social media and you're sitting in Honduras and you want to get a better life, they will stop. It doesn't matter how big the wall is. It won't stop people moving. Uh, it's and, 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 and America has to accept that. Right. We're chatting to Hector Hochagon, uh, of course, about Hector USA going coast to coast, as he explained there, through uh, the deep south of the United States. In general, did you like them? I loved them. I think I was ready for this southern hospitality. I was ready for the Cade Meal of Alter Southern style. Uh, I was ready. I wanted to feel that. And you know what? They're a, they're a very resilient part of the world. I feel for the last couple of hundred years, whatever history they've had and wars and slavery and everything that's put up, you know, they're great people. They love cooking a big pot of crayfish. They love sitting around the table having a few beers. They love getting out the fishing rods. They love getting out the shotgun to go hunt an alligator. They love the outdoor life. You know, I've heard in my head I had this term hillbilly and redneck. And now I don't like those terms. They're derogatory terms. They're people that understand the outdoor life. Yes, they can have their own outdoor life because the weather is so good. I mean, New Mexico. It's the land of red deserts, blue skies, canyons. It's an incredible part of the world where people can just live in RVs. The wet, the winters are really soft. The summers are really hot. And you cruise from the Grand Canyon through Arizona. It's a great part of the world. Uh, it's it, they're, they're an amazing people who understand the outdoor life. It's just like the Jackines versus the Culchies. The Culchies of America are in the South. Right, so rural people in Ireland and the people you met in the Deep South, you know, were there a lot Very of similarities? Very similarity, a lot, a handshake. How are you? Can we help you? Very hospitable. And the calling card having an Irish, being Irish in America and being Irish down the South in the middle of rural Alabama when the sheriff stops us or when we're driving through a town and Ross goes out filming and somebody comes up, where are you from? And we say we're Irish. It's, it, it is almost like going in the back of the wardrobe into Narnia. It's, a, they, it, it's an amazing thing to say you're Irish in America and amazing to see the reaction of these people to Ireland. Hector, will you stop for speeding? Stop for speed in the first show. I, I nearly I stopped. We in the, in, and he entered and he came up from behind. He didn't come to the front window, came to the back window and license, please. It was perfect. It was everything I thought it was going to be. But uh, we did 5,000 miles. I think we broke the speed limit a few times, but uh, look at they stopped us once. Where did the interest in Spanish and speaking the language come from? Uh, it came from my wife, who's from County Clare. I met her. Uh, she was a student in NUIG. I was living on the Aran Islands on Inishman. She had taken a year off to go to Erasmus in Bilbao. I followed her from the Aran Islands to Bilbao. She returned after a year. I stayed. I fell in love with the Basque country. I picked up the Spanish, moved into a, a house where no English was spoken. I shared a house with a girl from Zamora and a, a Basque language teacher from the Gael school, from the local Basque school. So I had no choice on my first morning but to get in in the deep end and learn the language. Little did I think that I travel the world and speak Spanish. And it is a massive, massive language. And I'm glad to see, on a separate note, that I know where we were brought up with French and German, the classic languages, but that day is gone. Spanish is a powerhouse of a language spoke by almost a billion people. And when you get to America, you realise it's the second language of the States. You know, there are people in our country who are very proud of their roots, very proud of their background, um, and see it maybe in 
an insular, inward-looking way. You're equally proud of who you are and where you come from in an Irish context, but you seem to have a, a much more outward-looking view on the world. Uh, language, to me, is the key here. You know, whether you pick up a little bit of... Whether we were in the Amazon, like as a Todobon or Brigado, at they might... You know, it's, language is the key to the world we live in. And whether whatever language you speak, if you can, you know, if we don't have our languages around the world and uh, it, it's your it's your greet, meet and greet, it's the handshake, it's, I love the impromptu stuff when we stop the Jeep somewhere and we jump out and we start and we, we, we speak to locals. Again, the uniqueness of our little country around the world, even in Siberia last year in the minus 40 or Mongolia, it's, it's incredible the way Ireland is known around the world. Um, but for me, the best television that we can make is sitting with the locals sitting with them and just having a normal chat. doesn't matter if it's in the jungles of Africa or in Siberia or deep in Louisiana. I just want to meet the local people because the local people, you know this from a local station, give you the real stories. They can give you the lowdown. They can tell you the weather. They can tell you what turn to take in 150 miles. And local people give you that. Hmm. What do you think about radio these days, Hector? Uh, I love it. I'm on a local to local radio tour. I was on Claire FM this morning. We're heading for Radio Kerry. Uh, I love it. I think, I think, I think again, local radio around the country, whether it's LMFM or Ocean or Northern Sounds or KLR or WLR or Tip FM, they're going from strength to strength. Local radio minds the parish. And if we don't mind the parish in this country, we're in a bad way. And the sooner people wake up and start minding the parishes more, on a national level, the better it will be because we don't all live in urban urban areas. Yeah, were you ever on the late late with Gay Byrne? Were you ever? No, no. I yeah. did the first ever Ryan Tuberty Saturday night show. Did you? Yeah. I did the last ever Eamon Dunphy show. Do you remember the Eamon I Dunphy do, show? I do, yeah. I did. <laughs> and then uh, I Pat Kenny was the first. I was on the late late with Pat Kenny. Never got to meet Gay, but he had a dog called Hector. He presented me with an ifta years and years ago, and he said, "Okay, Hector." We have a dog called Hector. A lovely man, a great man. Gay Byrne liked to talk and he lived to talk. And you're doing the exact same. People like to talk in this country and we like to listen. Gay Byrne listened. Were you in school with Tommy Tiernan? Yeah, we were best mates in school, yeah. I mean, what was in the water there? The well, two of the great communicators of the country well, were in, in, in the same class. Tommy, uh, yeah, we were best mates until his dad sent him away in Fortier because we were messing so much. Dylan Moran was another great mate. He was a year behind, a year behind us. But it's funny now that Tommy's in Galway. I'm in Galway. I'm a godfather to his uh, Isabel is uh, one of his daughters and best man at the wedding. I'm thrilled that that chat show is going from strength to strength because, again, Tommy Tiernan is listening and he's asking... And we have to ask questions and we have to listen and uh, uh, he's, he's doing really well. Yeah, it's funny that we were in school in, in the same class and we just, as I said to my kids the other day, I have two teenage boys, I said, lads, I want you to have good crack in school. I want you to have a good bit of messing. You know, make sure you have a laugh because that's very important for young people as well. You know, we, we dish them an awful lot, but they need to be able to laugh and mess and go on the back of the bus and on the way to the sport and take a day off because they're playing football. It's very hard for a young person now, I think, because they have to be... They have to have the best runners. They have to have the best body. They have to look like this. There's so many, you know, let them be young young teenagers and have a laugh in school as well as doing a bit of work. I had an awful laugh in school. I did a little bit of work. I got away with it. 
but some of the best days of my life were in secondary school. I'm just imagining the teachers going and going. No, we weren't mad. We weren't mad. We knew how to mess. Did you? We knew how to mess. So did you get on okay with the teachers then? Yeah, the teachers. We had great, we had a great laugh. We had a lot of funny teachers. Colin O'Rourke was our geography oh, teacher. Legend. A legend. Of getting uh, football, yeah. Yeah, and we uh, we had a great laugh, but there were some really funny people in our class. You wouldn't get much past Colin O'Rourke now, I'd say. No, get out your log. Get out your log. <laughs> we used to um, we used to have good crack when he'd come in on a Sunday, on a Monday morning, and he'd have scored six points for me the day before. But I suppose we had, a, we had school to me should be fun. I should be learning, but you have to have fun as a teenager. Right, well, um, and Marie is saying to me here, ah, Joe, it's called charm, charming the teachers. That's what Hector did. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> charming is when you're trying to do third year Latin. Genie Mac, fourth year Latin. I, I, I wasn't really good at school. I got an E and passed maths in the leaving. I, sure, I read the logbook and it was Oscar and then I left. Right, well, Hector, we're videoing this and we'll pop some of it up on Live95's Facebook page a little bit later on so people will be able to see this. What are you wearing? Your top, is that Poland? There's language, there's language Polska. again. Yeah. Polska. I spent three weeks in Poland at the Euros a couple of years ago and uh, this is Polska. I speak a little bit of Polish again. And anyone from Poland is listening. You have to, again, how many Polish people are living in this country? How many Polish Polish people are doing are in supermarkets and in the bars and in the restaurants and in the the coffee shops and in the petrol stations. It's the thirty third county of Ireland, Poland. Yeah. There are hundreds of thousands of them who have. I, I'll tell you a great story. I met a guy last week. I was down in Killarney, and I met a guy, and he was nineteen years living in Killarney, from Poland. And his first job was in an old man's pub in Killarney and he spoke very little English. And all the locals were coming in every night going, how's the farm, how's the farm, how's the farm, how's the farm? And he'd be putting up the pints. The guy spoke no English, right? He's listening to these Kerry guys going, how's the farm, how's the farm, how's the farm, two pints, how's the farm, three please, how's the farm? After about a year when he got some confidence, he turned around to all the locals in the pub and he said, lads, please, I don't own a farm. <laughs> I don't own a farm. How's the farm? How's the farm? How's the farm? How's the farm? Isn't it brilliant? Language is the key. Language is the key. Language, Language is, the, is key. the key. And if I can say hello to my Polish butcher in my local Super Valley or wherever, I can go, it's like going, how's it going, old stock? Right. One other you know, serious question. Because you are welcoming and open to people, do you worry about the trend in the country? where there seems to be a growing division between those coming in and those already here. Yeah, I think um I think we have to be open to to everybody. I think it was funny when I was in New Orleans and it's 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 on this it's on this weekend on Thursday night. New Orleans was a port not only for Spanish and Italians and all French and all the creoles and all but hundreds of thousands and millions of Irish came in through New Orleans as well. We look at we, we we've emigrated. We, we we are the masters of emigration in places. We we have travelled the world to have a better life. So the, the majority of people are coming here to have a better life. And if they can find it in rural Ireland, wherever they're going, we just have to be. We have to we have to be nice to people. If you're nice to people, and karma means an awful lot of thing. We live in a world now where screens are dominated. If you stop in, on the street and shake somebody's hand, it's as if you're being attacked. <laughs> if you strike up a conversation with a stranger, they're going, "Oh my God, what do you want?" You know, I try and get my kids to put their mobile phones on. The stairs at night time and, and get them away from screens. It's the ruination of mankind. However, I think we're coming to a junction with technology where we need to go back to basics. We need to go back to being why we're on this planet and that's saying hello and being nice because when you're nice 
And when you provide karma, karma comes back for you. All right, good spot in which to finish <laughs> with uh, Hector. So Hector USA, TG Kahar from... Half on nine Thursday nights all the way to Christmas. All right, sounds really, really fascinating. For So looking forward to seeing it myself because that part of the States fascinates me uh, as well. And fair play to you. Uh, great to see you, Hector. Teach your listeners one brilliant bit of Polish for anyone who's listening at workplace or if you have a Polish lad in the working with you, Polish lady working with you. See you later in Polish. Limerick 95, repeat after me. Narazie, Joe. Narazie. 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 Call Limerick today now on 461995.